Amen, church. Okay, let's just turn our Bibles to um, Luke chapter 18. Today I want to talk about prayer. Prayer... um, I'll start with me. I'll give some testimonies about me, not just the Bible. I know most times we read the Bible and, oh, the Bible said this, the Bible said that, that this is what's written in the Bible, but what about you? Have you experienced this? When the Lord called me, uh, I don't want to go into details because it's going to take a long time in my dream, and then we talked, and then I accepted Christ. I went to church every time. I met, met some friends talking about Jesus, you know, we just prayed. And things will happen. Uh, one day I was in the house with my friends. We were just talking. And then happy about the message. Oh, this is what happened in church today. The pastor said this and that. Where can we find the Bible? So we just kept checking. And something grips me inside my stomach. Like five fingers like this. It was so strong. I think I was dying. But my friends were just watching. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to help me. But they were just watching. Like, you were just talking now. So I was on one knees, but I was still holding. And I, I know I was dying. So what am I going to do now? I, I started saying, I cannot die. I shall not die. I can't die. And I fell to the ground. I was still going. I said, God, I can't die. I shall live and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I can't die. No way he held me. I just kept talking that I cannot die. Even if I have to die, let me die talking to God. So, two, three minutes, there was a release. Just like that. But my friend says we have to go to, go- we have to, go to the doctor. So they went to the doctor, they test. The doctor said nothing. I went back again another week. They checked everything. They said nothing was wrong with you. That's instant. Uh, that was an answer prayer, but that was instant, isn't it? And there are other times when I pray, and the Lord seems as if He's not answering. Have you ever been in that situation, or do you have someone that wrestles with something like this? That's the reason why we want to talk about prayer this morning. If I'm not loud enough, please tell me speak up. So, <clears throat> people ask a lot of questions. So, but before I dive into this, let me start uh, first by, um, I'll give you some overview and then lay foundation before we begin to go into our text, because uh, um, that's, that's the text we're going to focus on. See, just like me, I've asked some questions. Uh, um, God is all-powerful. He can do this, he can do that. So why is he not just taking care of everything? Don't you ask such questions? So like, like, like you, I've done that. But I've found some answers in the Bible. Um, those answers can be found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. 
Uh, I use the message translation. Okay? Let me just read quickly because of time. But I'm, I'm just trying to get something in that. It says, God spoke, God spoke, says, let us make human. Let's make human beings in our image. I'm using the message translation, mind you. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and the cattle, and the earth itself. Yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce. Earth, he says, take charge. He says what? Take charge. And then another scripture, um, Psalm 115, no need to go there, verse um, verse 15, it says the same thing. I'm targeting something there. It says, take charge. Okay. Because God has said, take charge. Know something about God. The word that comes out of his mouth, he doesn't change it. He doesn't. He says, the word is his covenant. He says he will not alter the word that has gone out of his mouth. You need to know God. If he says this is what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. He says to me and you, he says, take charge. But because he gives us power and authority, we also still need him in order to establish his will. We need God. Yes, he says, take charge. Take charge. But we need him to do our business here. Okay, God also... When he wants to do something here on earth, he needs you. Most of the time, he comes in partnership with us to carry out these things. So I'll, look in the, I'll, I'll go into the Bible showing you different uh, instances where this thing happens. Um, where people like, you know, they, do, um, they went through a process to get results and then... We, we carry on from there. We look at Hannah, the wife of Elkanah in First Samuel. Because of time still, we know, start, we know start reading. Most of us know this story. She, she had no children like the other one, uh, Penina. Both of them were married to Elkanah. Anna was always crying, praying to God, I want a child, I want a child. And, you know, her mates were so always mocking her, kind of like. But Hannah kept praying. She prayed until the time the Lord gave her a child. That was an answer to prayer. But it didn't come in a week. It didn't come in a month. It didn't come, let's say, in a year. It took some time, isn't it? Okay, we look another one again. Uh, in Acts of the Apostle, chapter 12. Now it was the church. This is a group of people. One time when um, uh, the king, King Herod, he grabbed uh, one of the apostles of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus had gone back. It was the early church then. So he grabbed one of the apostles, the name, the name John, I'm sorry, James, uh, John's brother. He grabbed James and he killed him with a sword. The Bible recorded that it pleased the Jews. So he went ahead to do what? To grab Peter. Locked Peter in the prison, waiting for a day that he would do maybe execution. But what happened there? The church was praying. The church kept praying. The Bible says the church prayed without season. The church prayed without season. So it showed me and you too, we can do the same thing. The church prayed without season. What happened? An angel of God came and then Peter was set free. 
That's number two. Another one was Daniel. His lifestyle was prayer. Daniel was always praying. You can see that in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel was working with his colleagues, and these colleagues, they never liked the way this guy was just excelling. He was a success in everything, and he loved the Lord, just like you. You might be in a place of work, and you're experiencing these things. Can you turn to Daniel? Look at the way Daniel lived the life. He continued with the Lord. He just kept on. That when these guys, they plotted against Daniel, he was thrown into um, the lion's den. I studied that scripture to my amazement in uh, Daniel chapter 6, verse 18. The Bible says, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, the king, can you imagine, the king was fasting and praying for Daniel. That was an eye-opener for me. The king, the Bible never said the king was a Christian. The Bible never said that king was following God. But the king fasted and prayed for Daniel all night. Can you see what prayer can do? Then I looked up again at Elijah. The Bible says in James 5.17, it says that Elijah is like me and you. He says a man of like passion. He prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly. One time that there should, no, there should be no rain for three and a half years, there was no rain. He went back again, the same pattern. He prayed that there must be rain in this land. What happened? Rain came. Okay. And then, I'm going to use the last one, our model, Jesus himself. Jesus came to the earth to show us how to walk like Christians. He came to model God for us, me and you. Jesus was always praying. If you study the account of Jesus, before he did something, you say, oh, he's gone to the mountain to pray. Even sometimes after crusade, Jesus would go right into the mountain to pray. And um, when he comes back, things just happen, isn't it? So, um, all these examples I've put together, it's just that I've come to learn that they are the thoughts of God, an idea from God, and that um, what he does is he has put this together for me and you that we can study. They have now become a pathway to get results. If you want to get a result, so maybe a challenging problem, look at these people that God has put in front of you in the Bible. In fact, God said in his word that we should follow those who through faith and patience have obtained the, the promises of God. Here lies the promise of God. You want to get what God has said about you? He says we should follow the steps. Look at these people. There are so much in the Bible. But not only the ones written in the Bible, we have examples here here on earth with us, alive. Even among you, even in your family, you have people that have followed God through patience and they have results. I know we have different testimonies here in Greenbelt. I've heard, I've seen, I've seen people that God has 
some wonderful things in their life. And you know what happens to answer prayers? This is what happens in answer prayers. If God answers one prayer that, that you pray, oh God, help me. You know what it does? It adds to your faith. Your faith begins to build. You begin to build faith about God can do this. God can do this. But mind you, God is pulling you in because he's training you. There'll be a time you'll face problems like Job. And there'll be opportunity to curse God. So that's why he takes this time to train me and you in prayer and ask us, look at these people. Pointing to these people, he said these like processes. Look at them. So, um, now let's look at one of Jesus' patterns. And that pattern is what we're going to read in Luke chapter 18 from verse 1 to 7. The Bible says, I'm reading. This is New King James. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Some other scripture says, and not faint. He also repeated that, I think, in First Thessalonians 5 or something. He said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. He says, there was a certain, jo- a certain city. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, there was a widow in that city. She came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said to, within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, Yet, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge just said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry to him day and night? Will God not hear you? Will God not hear me who cry to God day and night? Let's look at this widow. Um, like Pastor Kevin will say, let's unpack the text. I have ex- experienced this maybe because of my culture. My mom was a widow before she passed on. In, in our culture, when the, the husband dies, um, the women, they'll they shave their hair. They'll shave it just like mine now. Shave it like this. And then they wear black clothes to mourn their husband. For about uh, after the burial, for about forty days, then they take off the clothes and then they burn the clothes, and that's tradition, you know. But nowadays, not not everyone would do that. Uh, and then um, this our culture is also similar to the uh, ancient Indian culture, but the, the the difference is just that in Indian culture they wear white to mourn their husbands, and then in ancient Greece, um, the, the widows they have limited rights. Yeah, so they, they, they are forced to rely on um, male relatives to, like, guide them, and, you know. And, and, it, and it's regarded as scandalous for a widow to appear in public without a male escort. That's, that's in Greece. Then in uh, ancient Rome, the, the widows, they do not inherit the property from their husband when they die. Um, Oh, sorry, they inherit the properties from their husband when they die. But when they remarry, they give the property to their new husband. 
exactly what he's done in Canada. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh. <laughs> then in Bible days, the widows were um, encouraged to remarry, you know, as a means of financial support. However, if they choose not to, or they have family members that could look after them and provide for them in order for them not to end up destitute, you know. So, so sorry. So, um, for that, say, how long have you been praying? Jesus is saying, look at this widow. He says, look at this widow. She kept going back to the judge. Pray without season. She kept going back to the judge. But your case is different. She kept going back to an unjust judge. But me and you, Jesus is encouraging us, keep going back to God. He says, keep going back to God. She kept on. She got to a point whereby the judge himself said, I better help this woman. The widow also did what? She focused on her adversary. When she got there, she knew her problem and she mentioned her problem to, to the judge. This is my challenge. This is this. You must help me. You just must help me. And the man would turn her back. Get out of my sight. I don't have time. Go away. This widow, you don't have a right. Go. I don't want to talk to you. But she kept on going back. Jesus is using this parable to show us something. To show us how to live with our needed. Uh, let me use an example here. Before, uh, when we got married, I and NK, we, I thought, like what I've seen, you get married, you have children, isn't it? It wasn't so for us. We got married, and then, I, I can't remember, maybe women always remember everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, she, we, she got pregnant, and then three months after, she lost the baby. You know? took us a long time. There was no child. We kept praying. And then Enki said to me, hey, there's a scripture here God has given us. Don't forget, before we got married, we prayed for five years, and we used this scripture, Isaiah 41, verse 10. God says, I'll help you. So let's put God in remembrance of his word. So we kept praying. We never had the child. We went to England to school, me and Enki. So when we were schooling, we did all the, new, the necessary things that we're supposed to do, the doctor's test and all what not. And the fifth year, she became pregnant. But it didn't come one day. There was crying. There was thinking. That there was like, you know, difficult time. And when she was pregnant, the Lord still gave her a word. Ecclesiastes uh, 3 verse 14. Saying, this, this is what God does. And when he does it, it's perfect. Say, nothing will be added to it. Nothing will be taken away from it. Say, God does things like this so that men will fear before him. That was the scripture that God gave for the child. But we kept doing what? We kept praying. We kept praying. In Luke 
this, this same uh, parable where Jesus has given, he was like teaching them something. And he, he said, um, sorry, it was the disciples, they asked him a question. He says, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Like John touched, taught his disciples. But they saw something in Jesus. They saw the way he was praying. Because there were times when they bring someone to the disciple. Oh, my, this fellow is sick. My child is uh, having this problem in one place. And then your disciples couldn't help out. Jesus came. Rebuked the demon. He could manifest those powers. He could establish God's will. Because he did something. He was always in contact with God. Still showing us how to be in contact with God and do things that God has asked us to do on the face of the earth. To establish his will, we need him. We need to partner with God. So Jesus modeled that. And those guys, they saw him doing it. So they asked him, teach us to pray. Like John taught his disciples. Then he used this model. Are you in a situation you've been praying to and you want to give up? Now, let's look at Jesus' model. Let's look at his style. His style, he, he uses um, or, um, Luke chapter 11. We can turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 11. But I, I, prefer, um, I prefer Matthew's account. I prefer Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 6, of that same prayer. Though it's the same prayer. Are we there? Matthew chapter 6 is the same prayer. It says, in this manner, therefore pray. In this manner. It says, therefore pray. Like, this is a manner that you should pray. As, as, as children, we used to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. But he's saying, in this manner, when you approach God, approach God like this. It's not saying we should pray, Our Father, who art in heaven. Well, you can do that. But this is what this text is saying here. When you come to God in prayer, have this approach in your heart. God is our Father. Say, have an understanding of who you prayed. Our Father here is talking about Abba Father. Abba, Father, just as it's written in um, Romans 18, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. When it says, because of the Spirit of God, we can cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father here means God is our owner, is a sustainer, he's a provider, he's a preserver. So when you come with that heart 
to God like our Father. You don't come in fear. You, you're no longer in bondage. You're not coming to a God who is going to kill you. God is not always fighting. Yes, we know he's a warrior. Yes, the Bible says captain of the host is Jesus, the rider upon the white horse. Yes, we know, but it's not always. God is love. That is his nature. God is love. God says, even me and you, that enshrined in our nature, is evil. He says, we know how to give good gifts to our children. Fathers here know how to give good gifts. Not to talk of the wonderful mothers. They know how to give good gifts to their children. This is Christmas. When you want to give gifts now to your children, oh my God, you best of the best. Some of you even dream of the, of the, of the gift you're going to give to your children. You have loving heart towards your children. Where did you get that? It came from your Father, Almighty God. So when we come to him, we should come to him with this heart. So I'm using Jesus' model now to pray. I'm just going to take just three of them from this one. It says, our Father, and then I'm going to take who art in heaven, and then we go, hallowed be thy name. Let's look at something. Let's look at the widow. Let's use the parable of the widow and this scripture. The widow, the Bible says, went to the judge. That is, she knows that this judge can help me. The judge will deal with my case. The judge will avenge me of my adversary. She kept going to the judge. Saints of God, who do you go to? He's pointing here. Are you going to God? Jesus is showing you. Let's go to God. Let's go to God like the widow. Because they ask him, teach us to pray. And he's telling them a parable to make it clear. That's why Jesus is always using parable. Go to God. It says, when you come to the Father, have that heart. Have that heart. Do not approach God with another, like, um, if he doesn't answer, I'll go to someone else. No. Don't come to God that way. Come to him as a father. He is the owner. He's, He's the healer. He's everything to you. And, the, and his heart is full of love. When you approach God, can you approach God because of his loving kindness? Because of his faithfulness. Approach God that way. That's why Jesus is pointing me and you to the scripture saying, come to God with that heart. Abba Father. Abba Father, my daughter, Abba Father, my loved ones, they are not safe. Abba Father, I'm struggling with this thing. Nobody knows. I come to church, they see me. 
they're rejoicing with me. But back home, I'm not there. I'm struggling. Can you help me? Jesus says, keep going to God. Don't run away from God because you feel you are not worthy. Do not run away from your father. He loves you. He's waiting for you. Look at the prodigal son. He has not got into the house. The Bible says the father ran. That's who God is. God's arms are open wide. He says, come to me. It doesn't matter. He says, though your sin may be as red as crimson, they will be made white. Do not give up if you have been praying and say, McNeil, when is this going to happen? I have been there. That's just one. I have been there. Many of you have also seen this. But don't give up. I've come to encourage you with this scripture this morning. Don't give up. Go. Keep going like the widow to the Father. Another thing is, the major characteristics I found out in the Bible is that the Father is a giver. The Father is a giver. Um, when we were growing up, my father taught us something. He said to, he said to us, we were five boys, we lost one in class. The five boys, he said to us, guys, when you get married, keep your wife and children in the house. Go. Go into the forest. Go into the farm. Go when it's raining. Go when there's lion in the street. Go and get food for them. And do you know, with that, he told us he was not a Christian. He wasn't reading the Bible. He only gave his life to Christ when he was in bed dying. But then, that was all, all he, he knew, you know. He, he gave it to his children too. He said, this is how you should live life when you get married. Look after your wife, look after your children. But you be the one who faced the danger. The Father is always a giver. So we know that we want to get to bring to our family. We want to get to look after our family. But how much more Almighty God? The owner. He has everything. The source is from him. He's got everything. He'll give to you. He will answer your prayer. Though he be alone with you, he might be training you. He wants you to be strong. Remember I said something. I said the answer to each prayer does something to your faith. It does something to your faith. Until you get to that point. Like the three Hebrew boys. They said, oh king, we will not bow down to you. Even if our God will not save us. They had so much faith. So much trust in God. I urge you this morning to have the same faith. Trust God. There's a song, song they say, um, if you count your blessings, name them one by one, you'll be surprised at what the Lord has done. That is very true. But most times we don't sit down to think about that. So another thing, um, it says, in that same scripture, it says, who art in heaven? Yeah, 
who art in heaven. He's up there. I mean, God is not where we can just go and see him physically, isn't he? Yeah, he's a spirit. Yes, we know. He can appear here, but he won't come physically. So with that, he's showing us that we approach God in prayer through faith. Hebrews 11, from 1 down, talking about faith. Now faith is the, that confidence you have in God. It says, approach God with faith. It says in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 6, correct me if I'm wrong. It says, without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't please God without faith. No, you can't. It's impossible. The parable showed us the widow. That is to say she had faith in the judge. That you can do something. You were high up there. You can do something. She had faith in the judge. Why didn't she go somewhere else? Says you can avenge me of my adversary. So she kept coming back to the judge. Avenge me of my adversary. She didn't give up. She kept on. I don't know where she met the judge. But she kept going to the judge. You can do the same thing. You can believe in God. You can. You should in short. You must believe in God. When God says have faith, he means have faith. God has exalted his word above his name. So when he says, have faith, have faith. He says, people, believers are people that trust God, even though they do not see God. That's a believer. They trust God. The God that they cannot physically see, but they see in his glory. Believers can trust God. Sometimes you hear his voice and you begin to train your voice, you train yourself to hear God more. I can go into so many stories about hearing God's voice. But when I gave my life to Christ, I heard his voice. It was too clear. The Lord took me to a place like this, a smaller church. We walked on the road together. For someone who does not know the Lord, hearing and following, ah, God is powerful. God is mighty. There is no one that comes in contact with God and remains the same. That's why I can stand before you this morning. Because I had contact with God. Just like many of you will say, I was a stupid unbeliever. I didn't know anything. I thought I was living the best life. But when it came to me, in that dream I was naked and I was crying. Everyone bumped down. There was no one. He asked the question, why are you crying? I said, the world is burnt down. There's nobody. My brothers, I can't find them. My sisters, I can't find anyone. Everyone's dead now. He says, said, okay, you're going to die too. I said, me? I, I cannot die. He said, why? I said, I've not given my life to Christ. He said, so, you know? I said, yes, I know. So I thought I was smarter than God because I'm always here where we raised up. We always hear um, people, we, we call it morning cry. People go on the streets and they say, give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ. 
All sinners will die and go to hell. Give your life to Christ. We hear all this word. And then at the end of this message, they, they now, um, they now uh, preach on Romans 10, 9 to 10. With the heart you believe, uh, God raised Jesus from the dead. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, so, so say this after me. Lord Jesus, come, come into my life. Be my Lord and my personal Savior. So I thought I was smarter than God. I had that recorded. But I was a non-believer. So when God asked me, so... So, you know, I quickly, I just like, I thought I was smart. <laughs> Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my personal Savior. Amen. <laughs> then I, I was, then I woke up. I said, oh, it was just a dream. You know, then the Lord's voice, loud and clear to me, no dream. This is reality. That was from there. He said, okay, now you've given your life to Christ. Um, you need to go to church. I said, no, no, no. No church. No church. I'm not going. He said, quietly but firm. That's God. Quietly, firm. He will not change because of you. You will change because of God. So, quietly but firm. You are going to church. I am not going. They know me in the street. I live here. They know what I do. They know who I am. I'm not going to church. You're going to church. We struggled. I said, okay, I get it. I'm going to church. Okay, I got it. I want uh, your Bible. Bible. Ah, no way. We started arguing again. God, no Bible. I, said, I can't. Same thing. Same. Bible. And then, okay, if I'm going to take a Bible, I'm going to use a newspaper and wrap my Bible. He said, no problem. Do it. Let's go. <laughs> my my younger brother, my younger brother, who is coming to Canada next week Saturday, he he said to me, oh. Mac, you want to go to church? I'll show you. There's a wonderful church down one place. Beautiful girls, cool guys, well-dressed. And then I said, I said, hey, tell me, give me the address. And the Lord said, no, you're not going there. I'm taking you to a church. So I obeyed. I followed him on the road. If you had listened to me or if you had seen me talking, you say, he's crazy. Of course, because I was talking to someone I was not singing, but I was hearing his voice. At a point... I felt a touch, like, but nobody's here. But I kept following because he's God. He's strong, isn't he? He's mighty. Nobody sees him and remains the same. When you see him, you will know he's God. When the Hebrew boys were in fire, the king came there and said he saw a fat man in the fire, isn't he? And that he looks like the son of God. Who told him? Who taught him that was the son of God? Who told him that was God? So I tell you, when you see God, you will know. So that was how he took me to a church. Small church, sat down there and said, I'm taking you here so that the pastor will see you. That's not all the details. It would take me time if I explain everything. But he said, sit down here so that the pastor will see you. It was a motel. It was a place where prostitutes were. And I couldn't enter because I know this place. God, as a non-believer, I am afraid of prostitutes. Why am I going here? He says, enter. I went in. I continued. Only to get there, I saw that the people in there lifting up holy hands and worshiping God. I just started crying. That was my case. So let's just continue before we finish. He says, who art in heaven? So we dealt with that one. Then the last one was, hallowed be thy name. The word hallow here means reverence God. Even though we come to him as a father, we should always know that he is God. We should have respect for him. 
that he is God. We know children, when you see your father, you could run. Oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. But do not disrespect God. Don't. Look at the widow. She did not disrespect the judge in any way. She never said, foolish judge, you didn't answer me. That wicked man, blah, blah, blah. She never. Jesus showed us it. She didn't do that. She didn't disrespect the judge. So me and you, when we come to God, we take the posture that, Lord, we honor your office. Lord, we honor your position. Lord, we know who you are. We call you Abba Father. We have access to you. Not because we are righteous on our own. Not because of our qualifications. I always say to God Almighty, I say, Father, thank you for helping me. I am stronger on my knees. That's me. I am stronger on my knees. I don't know. Sometimes I say, God, I don't know how I got to this place. Are you here today? Are you in this kind of situation where you cannot come to God as Abba Father? Whether you're watching online, you don't know Him as Abba Father. I'll say to you, you need Jesus in your life. The Word of God says, that's Jesus speaking, says, I am the way. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. You cannot get to the Father. Remember, God says His covenant, the words of His mouth are His covenant. He will not alter them. He will never change them. As they've gone out of His mouth, that's how it is. To come to me, go through Jesus. So it's anyone here that has not known the Father, that has not known God as Abba Father. All you need to do is turn around. It's just say in your heart, like in Romans chapter 10, it says, with your heart you believe unto righteousness. But with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You must say. You just must say. Are you here? You say. You want to know Abba Father. You want to come. You want to experience that love of God. So that you will know how to approach him this time in prayer. So if we hear, can we just um, close our eyes while we pray? If you hear, you want to do that. I urge you to, um, you can say that under your breath. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come and be my Lord and my Savior. I give myself to you. And I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I thank you for your children. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word which we have heard. Jesus saying in John chapter 13, he says, Now that you know these things, happy are you if you do them. So Lord, I pray that we'll practice your word that we've heard this morning. To you alone be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.